We have the latest on the Giants GM search, the first link to a prospective head coach, plus we're handing out some awards and superlatives on this edition of the Lothan Giants podcast, coming up next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day, or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And thanks to everybody, by the way, who has sent in uh, comments and compliments and whatnot about the shows. I'm really happy to hear that you guys and gals are enjoying the programs. And yes, I plan on having more guests coming up in the in the weeks ahead and uh, including some repeat appearances by some of your favorite guests so um, you keep those cards and letters coming and you keep telling me what you would like to see on this podcast because this podcast is really all about you guys and gals as well as about the Giants of course but you know we're all in it together so keep those cards and letters coming and today's podcast is brought to you in part by OnlineGambling.com, the place for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. All right, folks, on today's show, just going to give you a quick update on where things stand with the GM search, as well as the link to the first head coaching candidate. Not really a surprise on that one. And then we've got some postseason awards and superlatives that we're going to hand out so uh, that should be a kind of a fun show um, coming up so let's get right into it as of Wednesday evening the Giants have interviewed two of their three anticipated finalists for the GM position they had Joe Shane in on uh, Tuesday on Wednesday they had Ryan Poles in and Adam Peters is due in on Thursday to interview with the team. Now, a lot of people have asked me, when do I think the Giants are going to make a decision? I would not be stunned if the Giants uh, have a decision by, I'm going to say by maybe the weekend. Um, I would think ideally they would want to have it wrapped up by Friday. But um, at the very latest, I would think they might make their decision by the weekend. And as far as making an announcement, Unless it's leaked, I don't think we'll get a formal announcement until the following weekend because I just, I'm sorry, the following Monday because I don't think the Giants um, want to do anything to kind of shift the focus away from the playoffs. It's not really their style. So bottom line is I think by this time next week, we will know who the new GM is going to be, whether or not that new GM speaks to the media or how they're, however they're going to do it. That remains to be seen, but I do think we're getting closer to the decision being made and quite frankly folks so far the candidates that they brought back for the second interview joe shane ryan poles adam peters no surprises there the one guy that i thought they would also bring back and um i don't know if he just didn't make the cut or had a change of heart is joe uh, hortiz down in baltimore i really would have liked to have seen what you know him in the final you know batch of interviews but so far, not the case. Now, whether or not he shows up, we, I still don't know, um, but we'll see. All right, speaking of the GM search, 
news came out from the NFL Network that the Giants uh, have requested permission from the Dallas Cowboys to interview Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who's actually a very hot name amongst uh, league circles for coaching vacancies. I think Quinn is interviewed for Minnesota and I believe Denver. And I'm not sure. I think Chicago is also interested in him as well. But a lot of teams, um, from what I think at least four teams, and I can't remember all of them. Like I said, I know Denver and uh, Chicago, but I'm sorry, Denver and Minnesota, those are the two teams I know for sure, um, have expressed interest in Dan Quinn. So the Giants obviously making their intentions known. And a lot of people are like, well, wait a minute. Didn't the John Mara of the Giants say that the GM is going to lead the team search in the head coach? The answer is yes, that is still the plan. But, you know, as part of the second round of interviews, you have to imagine that, you know, one of the questions that were asked of, um, of these candidates are who are some of the names you're thinking of for head coach so that we can maybe get the paperwork going with the league office to line them up, especially if it's a guy that's hot in the man. So I, I have to believe that um, Dan Quinn's name came up um, in these interviews. So the Giants doing their due diligence, getting the paperwork in, and we'll see, of course, if Dan Quinn wants to interview for the Giants. He's a Morristown, New Jersey native. And, uh, you know, or if another team's going to come swooping in with an offer, he can't refuse to make him their head coach. But, you know, I found that kind of interesting because, you know, a lot of people are like, well, wait a minute, Dan Quinn's a defensive-minded coach. The Giants really need help with the offensive side of the ball. I don't know that it necessarily matters if it's going to be a defensive-minded head coach or an offensive-minded head coach. I think what's going to matter most is who his coordinators are going to be and how is he going to handle the met, you know, the side of the ball from which he comes from. So, for example, if it's Dan Quinn, you know, is Dan Quinn going to call his own defensive plays or is he going to hire a coordinator to do it? So that's what I'm kind of interested to see. Um, you know, again, would I like to see an offensive-minded head coach come in? Yeah, I, I, there's a part of me that wants to see it because of, you know, how badly broken the, the offense is. But I don't think it's going to be, you know, be a make-or-break situation if they don't bring in an, you know, an offensive minded head coach. So um, just keeping my, keeping an open mind here and we'll see what they, what they uh, bring in, who some of the other candidates are. I don't know. I know a couple of you have asked me about Brian Flores, if he's on the radar. I don't know if he is or not. I know there's been reports that he is, um, but uh, we'll see if he gets that interview. Um, I have not heard anything or seen anything reported about him definitely getting the interview. And obviously, you know, they're not going to do any interviews until the GM gets in the building. And that's going to be the first, you know, order of business for the new GM. So we'll see how that all plays out. But still, some movement being made. Um, hopefully, we'll know sooner than later. And, you know, above all, I don't want to see the Giants rush to decision. You know, they're taking their time with the GM post, as they should, because, you know, look, you got to get this right. Um, and they're, you know, I expect them to take their time within reason for the head coach position. Now, obviously, they're going to have some competition for certain guys, but uh, we'll see how many of those guys that they are targeting are with playoff teams. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked On Giants podcast. But first, the Giants might not be in the postseason this year, but if you're looking for a competitive edge in this weekend's playoff games, 
check out OnlineGambling.com, a website dedicated to giving bettors the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help you make your bets as informed as ever. Visit OnlineGambling.com and check out all they have to offer. That's OnlineGambling.com if you want to bet smarter and be more successful. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. My name is Patricia Trana, and very happy to have you, as always, with me here. If you're on YouTube or listening on any of our audio platforms, just great to have you with us. And um, we're going to turn our attention now to some postseason superlatives and awards, as determined by me for this 2021 Giants team. And if you want to nominate somebody for an award, if you know disagree, uh, drop me an email, LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com or post a comment if watching on YouTube, if there's um, somebody else that you feel would be a better candidate or if there's an award that I miss, award category that I missed that you wish I had answered, um, put that down as well and I'll maybe circle back to that if we have enough responses. So, all right, let's get into it. Uh, season MVP. Um, this one may or may not surprise you, but I am going to go with kicker Graham Gano. <laughs> That's how bad this team was, folks. Okay, why did I go with kicker Graham Gano? Because I'm looking right now at the Giants' year-end regular season stats, and I'm looking at the scoring. Graham Gano, folks scored 104 of the Giants' 258 points. He was the clear runaway winner, leading scorer on this team, and it wasn't even close. How bad was it, you might ask? I'm glad you asked. The next closest guy to Graham Gano in terms of scoring, with a grand total of 24 points, Saquon Barkley. Wow, 24 points. And then you had, um, let's see, Evan Ingram and Devonta Booker were tied with 18, so they were in third place. Daniel Jones had 16. Um, no, I'm sorry. Didn't, wait, hold on. Daniel Jones had 16. Yeah, he had 16. Eli Penny, the fullback, 14. Kyle Rudolph had 12. And then you had, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, Eight. You had about eight or nine guys who only scored six points. Oh, my gosh. That is just not good, folks. That is not good. So that's why Graham Cano gets my my uh, my vote for MVP. I mean, he was a scoring machine for them. So, all right. Who do I have next? Okay, Rookie of the Year. This one's easy. Aziz Ojulari. Um, really, you know, he was in every game. Um Led the team in sacks, very high upside. Like what I saw of him, that that was an easy choice for me, uh, considering all the rest of the rookie class, you know, had injury issues and production issues. So, um, assistant coach that I hate to lose. Okay, this is a just something I kind of threw in here. Um, the one assistant coach from Joe Judge's staff that I'm really sorry if if they end up losing. All right, can anybody guess? I'll give you a hint. It's from the defensive side of the ball. Hmm. Yep. If you guessed it, if you guessed Jerome Henderson, you guessed correctly. You know, Jerome Henderson, former NFL defensive back, 
and you look at the work he did with the Giants defensive backs when they were going through COVID and injuries and how he consistently got the next man up and ready to go. And that unit, for the most part, did not miss a beat. I mean, Henderson did one whale of a job, in my opinion. And, you know, the new head coach, whoever he might be, will probably bring in his own staff. I don't know how much holdover there will be from Joe Judge's staff, but if there's some way to keep Jerome Henderson, I would love to see it because, again, he did a heck of a job. All right. The biggest surprise of 2021, this one's easy, folks. I'm going to go with the big old goose egg under the TD column for Kenny Galladay. I mean, seriously, if I had told you at the start of the season that Kenny Galladay would come in and not score a touchdown, you would have said, I'll have whatever you're smoking. But yet here we are. Kenny Galladay had uh, 37 receptions for 521 yards, an average of 14.1 yards per reception, a long of 36, zero touchdowns. How does that happen? Seriously, somebody explain that to me. How does that happen? Bad offense, I guess, right? Well, anyhow, that cannot happen in 2022, and hopefully that will not happen in 2022. Okay, um, the most critical season-ending injury. This one is also easy. Blake Martinez. Um Martinez, you know, I, I go and I look at the Giants run defense, which wasn't statistically as solid this year as it was last year. And part of that was the Giants didn't have linebackers who were coming up and filling the holes and the gaps and just penetrating. And I thought they did a better job of that last year. And Martinez, you know, had quite a number of tackles. He, you know, last year he led the team in tackles, had quite a number of them. Um, close to the line of scrimmage, which is what you want to see from your linebackers. You don't want to see them making their tackles seven or more yards down the field because that means that, you know, running backs and receivers out of the backfield are getting into that second level. So you want to stop them at the first level. And I just felt that the Giants missed Blake Martinez's presence. You know, he went down, I think it was week two, um, with the torn ACL and, um, you know, we'll see how he is when he comes back next year and if he still has that great sideline to sideline range and that quickness and that burst. But, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, they say ACLs can take two full years for a guy to recover from. The good news is, is Martinez, you know, had that injury early enough in the season. So um, timing's everything sometimes with these injuries. So hopefully he he makes it back. Okay, um, I have some more awards and superlatives I'm going to hand out. Who else do I have on my list and what other awards? Stick around. We'll get to it in the next segment. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, let me tell you about TurboTax. People think that unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things so interesting. Life changes are exciting and they usually have tax implications. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all your tax-related questions and finding you all the deductions that you have coming to you. And you can talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house. 
TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and get you the best possible outcome. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life means an even greater refund. So visit TurboTax.com today to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuitive TurboTax Live. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trena, and right now we are going through my list of postseason Giants awards and superlatives. Yeah, I have a few unusual ones on here, but hey, listen, got to mix it up. Got to keep it interesting, right? So, all right, biggest disappointment. Come on, we all can agree on this. The offense. Ugh. Did anybody really think the offense would be as bad as it was? I mean... Those of you who said, well, Jason Garrett was running it, so of course it was going to be bad. Look, I I thought with the infusion of talent, you know, Kyle Rudolph, I thought with the addition of Darius Toney, Kenny Galladay, I thought with, you know, um, a healthy Saquon Barkley coming back, Daniel Jones being in year two of the same system, I really thought the offense would be a lot better. The only doubt I had, obviously, was the offensive line, as I'm sure everybody else did. And... um, you know, sure enough, you know, you build ideally from the from the inside out. And when the inside collapses, the outside also collapses. And that's basically what happened with the offense. You know, you also throw in the injuries that the Giants had and, you know, the, the upheaval at offensive coordinator. And by the way, I think, you know, the Giants offense was even worse after they fired Jason Garrett. So... That was a huge disappointment, considering all the money and resources that were devoted to improving that offense. So, all right. Um, The biggest question mark for 2023, Daniel Jones, hands down, hands down. And not just because of the neck injury, which right now... um, as at the end of the season, Daniel Jones spoke with the media. He said, you know, there's optimism. He'll be good to go. Joe Judge, before he was fired, said there was optimism that Daniel would be okay. But neck injuries, just like back injuries, can be tricky. So you don't really know. And we probably won't know for a while um, just where Daniel stands as far as whether or not he's cleared for contact. But the other, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the other part of the question was, have we seen the real Daniel Jones? Now, again, I mentioned the offensive line was not very good. The injuries to the skill position players was a problem. The scheme really didn't bring out the best in everybody. So, you know, I see people say, oh, Daniel Jones stinks. The Giants should go in a different direction. But have we seen the real Daniel Jones? That's the question. I don't know that we have. So for that reason, I, I could see the Giants bringing him back for another year. Don't pick up the option year, as I've said, you know, before on this show. And just see, you know, get a, a competent offensive line in front of him. Get your skill position guys healthy. Get a good offensive coordinator in here and see if maybe this guy is the real deal or not. And if he's not afterwards, just move on. But I also want to say the important thing with Daniel Jones is bring in competition for him. If I'm the new head coach, nobody gets a gets gets a, a guarantee spot in the, the starting lineup. All right. I don't care who they are. Nobody gets that spot. Competition across the board if you can do it. All right. 
this one okay um biggest misjudgment by me all right so this category is something that i thought was going to work out well and did not so this is basically me admitting that i was wrong in my judgment yes i do admit when i'm wrong folks i'm not so stuck up on my own opinions and and married to them that i'm willing to die on the hill all the time um the biggest misjudgment by me was the failure by edge rusher O'Shane Zimenez to develop. I honestly thought that kid was going to take the next step. I thought he would come in, he would be healthy, he would take the next step. I know OCU Manura had reached out to him to try to work with him remotely. And I figured, okay, with OC in his ear, you know, that kid would get on the right track if he was willing to, to listen to everything. However, as the year went on, uh, first off, Zimenez came into camp and he was injured. I think he started the year on the pup list. And then as the year went on, you just didn't see the forward progress that you hoped he would have made. And he fell out of uh, favor with the coaches and was inactive for several games. And boy, was that a disappointment. And right now, I don't know if he's in the team's plans next year. I, I think at, at the very least, he might get an opportunity to compete. I don't know right now that I would put him on my 53-man roster projection. And this is coming from the fact that I don't even know who the 90-man roster, who's going to be on the 90-man roster to push him. I just don't feel good about his chances for next year. Okay. The SIA Award. Okay. Um, this, this, this was actually a tie. And I give this one to um, a player, or in this case, players, that just, you know, you, you hope they would be good and they just weren't. They really weren't. So as far as I'm concerned, see you around, guys. Okay, so who are my choices? And I have two of them. And uh, that would be offensive lineman Will Hernandez and Nate Solder. Now, Nate Solder, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent anyway. He wasn't coming back. Um, Hernandez, he's also an unrestricted free agent. He was a guy who, after his rookie season, I had hoped would develop into a pro bowler. And it just seemed like he went backwards every year since his second year. Hernandez and Solder, who teamed up mostly on that right side of the offensive line, combined for 72 pressures allowed. 36 each, so they tied for the team lead in quarterback pressures. This according to Pro Football Focus. And um, if I read this chart correctly, as far as penalties go, and I'm just double-checking something, um, they had a total, a combined total, of 14 penalties, of which four were declined or offset. Okay, so 14 penalties. Now, let me just see something real quick. Eight, 13. Okay, so that wasn't, they didn't combine for the most as compared to the rest of the offense alignment. But um, just putting the penalties into perspective, Hernandez had eight, followed by Solder. So that's your one and two punch right there. And then you had Andrew Thomas and Billy Price tied for third with five. Matt Parrott, Matt Skura had three each. Uh, ben Bredesen had two. Um, and then you had Corey Cunningham had one. So see you guys, you know, thanks for your service, but 
onward and upward to to a little bit of an upgrade there, hopefully a big upgrade at that offensive line position. Okay, and in my final category, why I still have hope this team will turn it around. And this goes beyond the fact, you know, new GM, new head coach. I'm looking at it from the roster perspective, remember. And I do think the Giants have enough core pieces that they don't have to completely tear this team down and start from scratch. Every time you have um, a new GM come in or a new head coach come in, those guys are going to want their own guys brought in. We saw it with Judge before that. We saw it with Shermer before that. We saw it with McAdoo. It just happens. So sometimes when you do that, that transition can take one or more seasons to be completed. And I don't know about you folks, but I'm not getting any younger. I don't have, you know, I want to see results now, as I'm sure a lot of you do. A lot of you who maybe are, you know, around my age or maybe a few years older than I am. But um, I do think the Giants have some core pieces. Now, who are their core pieces? All right, let's run down the list. Um, Galladay and, and Tony, because of their contracts, obviously, and draft status. Um I think you can say for the time being Saquon Barkley, although I know there's a debate about whether or not he should be traded, and I'll address that in another show, folks. But I think for now, you've got to count him as part of the core uh, until further notice. Um, for now, you also have to include Daniel Jones, um, even though, again, I, I still say they should bring in competition. Um, tight end, they're going to redo. Offensive line, Andrew Thomas, for sure. Um so, yeah, that's about it on offense. And if he's healthy, Nick Gates, I would say definitely Nick Gates, if he's healthy again. Defensively, Leonard Williams, yes. Um, Dexter Lawrence, I would put in there. Um, linebacker, I would put in Aziz Ojulari for sure. I think Jalen Smith can be part of the core. Um, Adoree Jackson, obviously. Uh, Xavier McKinney, Logan Ryan. Julian Love. So they do have a handful of guys that they can build a core around. Um, whether the new GM decides to build long-term around these guys, that remains to be seen. But, you know, you just can't, I don't think, tear the entire roster down and start from scratch. So I think you're going to see gradually guys being swapped out, depending on who the new coach is and what kind of systems he wants to run. But um, you got to start someplace. And look, we can all agree that the Giants imploded and there's a lot of rubble lying around in East Rutherford. But amongst that rubble it are some salvageable pieces. And those are some of the names I just rattled off that I think they can build on. All right. Um most underappreciated player. I got to give it to Eli Penny. I mean, all that guy did when he got the ball in his hands is he did, he moved it. I mean, he moved the chains, whether it be as a runner, whether, as, whether it be as a short yardage back or out of the backfield. I, I just thought Eli Penny, the fullback, was so underappreciated. And I was glad to see he finally got some, some more snaps, his, his career high, actually. And he rewarded the team accordingly with some solid production. Um, all right. Most improved player. Ooh, this one. 
Who am I going to give the most improved to? I'm going to say Xavier McKinney, only because, you know, last year, obviously, in 2020, that is, um, didn't get a lot of snaps because of his injury. And I just thought he got better and better as the week went on. So I tip my hat to Xavier McKinney. I really like him as a player, and um, I want to see how the new staff ends up deploying his talents. And then, you know, I thought about leaving these two categories out, but I'm going to throw them in because this is kind of the lighter side. What I'll miss most about Dave Gettleman and what I'll miss most about Joe Judge. <laughs> All right, Dave Gettleman, the Boston accent. I just, I just love listening to the accent. Um, you know, look, Dave didn't do a very good job as GM. I think we can all agree on that. But as a person, you know, I, I think I've mentioned before, Dave, like myself, is a cancer survivor. So there was that human element where we would compare battle stories, if you will. And uh, just to listen to that Boston accent and, you know, I, I always enjoyed it. I, I don't know why, but I just, I liked it. Um, what will I miss most about Joe Judge? This might surprise you. But um, when Joe wanted to, he was a very good um, he, teacher, I think. And uh, by that, I mean, he ran chalk talks with the media and he really got into them. I mean, he came prepared. Uh, I remember for my individual chalk talk, which came during the bye week, I had asked about some things on special teams, which I'm sure he loved, you know, being a special teams coordinator. And he had the film all pulled up and he actually um, explained at the time why somebody like Nate Ebner was so valuable to the Giants special teams. I don't remember what the reason was. But I, I think I wrote it in one of my notebooks. I'd have to go back and, and look it up. But it was just so informative. And when Joe, you know, obviously a lot of times when you looked at and you listened to Joe Judge's pressers, he just would, bah, 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 you know, speak really quickly as though he were reciting a script. But when, when he went off script, and I'm not talking about the 11 minute rant, but when he was one-on-one -on -one with you or in a smaller group, he was actually really good and very informative. So I think I'm gonna miss that because, you know, look, I always enjoy learning more about the game. I'm never gonna sit here and tell you I know everything about the game. I don't think anybody in their right mind would say that. And if you can learn from those who are doing it 24 seven, um, you know, why wouldn't you take advantage of that opportunity? Why wouldn't you cherish that opportunity? So that's something I think I would definitely miss about Joe Judge. And I hope whoever the next head coach is, maybe he considers doing the same thing. I don't know if he will, but um, that sure would be neat. So, all right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for me on today's Locked on Giants podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day or your first watch of the day. Tune in tomorrow. I'll have an all new show to close out the week, and then we'll send you into the weekend for round two of the NFL playoffs. So until then, have a great one.